0: Okay, so we are starting a new series this week called A Thankful Heart. Um, And so we are going to be talking uh, about, not just about Thanksgiving, but about what it means to have a heart of Thanksgiving, about what it means to be empathetic, what it means to be sympathetic, what it means to have compassion, what it means to care about other people. Um, Every year at Thanksgiving, like obviously it's been super Americanized to the point that, I mean it was an American holiday, but super Americanized to the point that it's like uh, everybody eats like 17 helpings of turkey and then like 32 pecan pies, and then you go to the actual dinner, and there's a lot of food there, too. And and so it's like a lot of that, and that's cool, and that's special. Uh, There's also like the whole Black Friday stuff. I actually uh, will go to, that's when I get like most of my Blu-rays for the year, because they're like three bucks, and that's awesome. Uh, And and so there's all of that stuff. I've never gone to like the crazy mall stuff that people do, Um, but it's, it's, it's all about that. But at the heart of Thanksgiving, it's about actually having that heart. It's about giving thanks it's about caring and it's not just something that happens in november it's not just something that happens this time of year the holiday season it's not just something that that you immediately start celebrating christmas right now and go forward it's it's about having that heart for other people and so i want to read a a story of jesus back in john 8 1 through 11 and this is something uh, i want to talk through because it's one of my favorite stories And so uh, we're going to start with, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again in the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They had put her in front of the crowd. So basically, this paragraph tells you what is happening. It's the setup. It's the thesis. It is the beginning of the story. It is what people would look like if you look in a history book or the uh, law book why we'll go with that law book for the Arab like that the judge looks at Uh, it would be like okay A woman is accused of adultery. The Pharisees brought her to Jesus, who everybody considered the teacher, even if they didn't believe in him because of what he did. Uh, And so that's kind of what is happening. It's like if you commit a crime, you get in trouble and you get taken. We've talked a couple weeks in uh, Confirmation about how uh, justice is when you get what you deserve, where if you do something wrong and you pay for it, that's justice. Now, thankfully, we as Christians, we uh, are able to partake in grace and about mercy, where mercy is where you don't get what you deserve, somebody lets you off the hook where you get forgiveness. Grace is where you get what you don't deserve, which is how we are all Christians because all of us mess up at some point. All of us have screwed up. All of us have hurt people. All of us have sinned. And yet Jesus died for us to have that grace. But in this, we're just talking about justice. So by the law, she would be in trouble because that is a sin. They went by the religious law. That's the law that they followed. And so it's illegal. She would be in trouble. Now, there are some things that we don't know about this case before we go on. Uh, Number one, in order to be accused of adultery you had to have witnesses. Not just somebody saying, hey I heard this, somebody actually being a witness, which means they had to be in the room when adultery happened, Uh, which means usually it was just one of the two people or something like that, they get caught, things like that, not to go into too many details. Um, The other part of the law was that the people involved both had to come forward. Now you notice that this is the Pharisees bring the woman forward. They don't have the guy there. They don't have anybody else there. It's just her. Um, One of the things that is generally believed about this is that this was a big setup, not for the woman, but for Jesus. And so the man was actually one of the people that came with the Pharisees to accuse her. Uh, And so it was just like, hey, we're going to set this up. We're going to get Jesus. We're going to trap him and and just see if he really gives up on sin. If he's like, hey, do what you want. Live how you want. Uh, Do whatever you want to do in life. You have complete free will. Just forget about the law. Forget about the Bible. That's what they wanted to hear. Or, like with everything else, they wanted him to go the other way and say, oh no, she's got to be stoned to death. Because that was the, the the consequence. That's what happened when you sinned, when you broke the law. You got stoned to death. Uh, and so they wanted him to do that because then they could say, oh, he talks about love all the time. There's no way. And They didn't care. You notice that they have now sinned themselves by either setting her up or lying about it or pretending they're a witness or whatever they did. They were doing bad things and they were hurting. They didn't care about this woman at all. They didn't care about what happened. They didn't care about the act. They had stopped teaching and they were just trying to trap Jesus. And so that is where you see that you have Jesus on one side who talks about love God, love others, who talks about compassion, who talks about a heart of thanksgiving. And then you have the Pharisees who are the religious teachers, the people that they are supposed to be able to look to as an example. Uh, The leaders of the land, the leaders of the law, the the elected officials, whatever you want to say. And they were setting the worst example. They were throwing people under the bus just to get what they want. Now, I know that in today's politics, you don't see that anymore. Everything's on the up and up and perfect and happy and elections are always fun and all that. But no, seriously, we see that all the time still in our leaders. Uh, And and sometimes you see it in people who say that they are Christian, Uh, even leaders who say that they are Christian and they will do something and they live this. The ends justify the means life sometimes. And so I wanted to set all that up before I get to Jesus. Uh, Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? So again, there's the setup. That's exactly by justice. What should have happened is if she actually committed adultery and broke the law, she would be condemned to be stoned to death. And Jesus, uh, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Now imagine this. Don't think about what just happened first. Imagine that you are going to your mom or your dad, and you are so upset about something that happened. Uh, either they did something, like they cleaned your room without telling you, or they took your your diary or something. Uh, they, they, like you had one of those neat little uh, pink like princess diaries with the lock just like Tim has and and it's like it has all your secret thoughts and everything that's good it talks about all your little poop machines and everything And, and it's like it's so amazing and you love it and she your mom cleaned your room and she took it and she read it and she's like hey tell me about this boy hey tell me about this girl whatever or Uh, Your brother, your sister did the same thing. They snuck into your room. They took something that's yours. Now imagine that you're really upset about that. And they actually did it. Like you actually know that this person, whether it's your mom, your brother, your sister, whatever, you actually know that they did this that was wrong against you. And you go to your dad or your mom, whoever wasn't involved, and you're telling them the story. And you're like, I'm so mad about this. Like, I don't have any privacy. Nobody cares what I want, blah, blah, blah. None of you have ever said that. But it's like, I, I can't believe that you don't respect me. I can't believe that this happened. What are you going to do about it? And while you're saying that and you're really upset, they stoop down and start writing. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, what are you doing? You're not listening to me. And so everybody always focuses on that part. It's like, what did Jesus write? Now, nobody knows for a fact what he wrote. Uh, in the law, and we're going back to the justice for a second, the rabbi, the the priest, the judge, whoever you went to, um, the the law was you had to have a witness, you had to have both people involved, and then the judge would write down what the sin was and who did it. So if uh, somebody stole a bike, um, and you're like, okay, well this person stole my bike, and you go up there, then the judge would write down, stolen bike, illegal, uh, Riley and Ben, something like that. (laughs) And it's like everybody that was involved. And so There are some people who say, well, Jesus clearly was writing down adultery and the woman's name and also the man's name. And that really got to the man because he's like, I didn't say anything. Like, how do you know it was me? Or maybe he was writing down something about grace, about love, about Jesus, about himself, about God, uh, about treating others like you'd want to be treated. Or maybe he was writing down all of the sins that were present that day, not just what the woman had done, which was a sin, which was breaking the law, but what if he also wrote down judging other people, hating other people, lying about other people, trying to trap the priest, trying to trap your Lord, and uh, heresy, whatever. He wrote down all of those different sins, and then he wrote down the names of each of the people that were there. Now imagine that. Imagine that while you're so upset about your stolen diary or your stolen bike, whatever example I used at this point, and and you're talking, and your dad is like writing down all of the things that are wrong, like you losing your temper, but also the stolen things, or, or something that you did, and you're like, man, I forgot that they knew about that. I, I forgot that they knew that I broke that vase when I was trying to get cookies out of it before I realized it wasn't a cookie jar. And, and it's like, I, 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 they're like, they know, they, know, they know everything. And so imagine if you're the Pharisees and you're there and you're like, Jesus, we want you to kill this lady so that we look good. We want you to do your job. And he writes down hatred. stand the Pharisee. Uh, like adultery, lady. Uh, and then, guy, <laughs> and he writes down, he writes down uh, uh, lying, Bill James the Pharisee, like all over and over again. He writes all of the the names, all of the sins. He writes all of that. It's all out in the open. And imagine that you're looking at that. and you're thinking, you're still kind of upset, and you're looking at this list of the things that you had done wrong, just then, not just in your life, but just then. You're looking at this person, this this whether regardless of what they believed about him, this this teacher who knew everything and so calmly wrote it down, didn't get angry, didn't get upset, didn't yell at them, say, hey, how could you do this to her? Wrote it down and imagine that you're in that moment and he says, okay, you're right, she sinned. Now, whichever one of you has not sinned, throw the first stone and then one by one, they went away. And so I wanna read that part. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Don't even one of them condemn you. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now one of the keys there is Jesus does not say, Okay, go, keep doing it. Go, keep sinning. Go, keep living however you want. He said, go and sin no more. But I do not condemn you. Uh, everybody knows John three sixteen, which is, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, I'm King James apparently, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, the next verse is, he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. He didn't come here to point out everything we were doing wrong. He didn't come here to make you pay for everything that you had done. He came here so that you didn't have to, so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be saved. And the Pharisees wanted him to condemn. They wanted him to look bad. They wanted themselves to be lifted up. And so they go and they do whatever. And he shows them by not sinning. He doesn't say, yeah, let her get away with it. He says, okay, that's fine. She did. Now tell me what you have done. Now you'll see this a lot. Apparently, it's only a middle-aged thing to bring up Facebook, but you see this a lot in Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all of these other social medias in life when people talk where it's like, um, only God can judge me type of thing, or don't judge me because I sin differently than you. Now, while that may be true in theory, people that, usually people that say that are saying it because they want to murder at will or steal or get drunk all the time, do drugs. They want to do whatever they want, and they don't want people to say anything about them. that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, do your best. Live your life, but show compassion on other people. One of the times that you see the most judgment in people, uh, sadly, often it comes from people in the church, the capital C church, not this one specifically. Uh, you, see, you see the most judgment from people when they are guilty of something and they see someone else doing it, whether it's adultery or uh, drugs or stealing or lying or something you see someone else do something that you know you did maybe something you got away with like say uh you snuck out of the house and you went to walmart uh and you had a big walmart party and and it was awesome and it was fun because that's the happiest place on earth and then yeah and then you came back and then you came back home and you didn't get caught and you didn't get in trouble and they didn't even ask you they didn't even know they didn't know that you pushed the car without it being on out of the driveway so they wouldn't hear it start please don't do that but it's like it's like you, they didn't know that you, you got away with it. And then your brother, does, your sister, whoever, does the same thing. And you're like, that's not fair. You can't do that. You get on top of them. You're like so mad at them. It's so awful. How could you do this? Because they don't know what you did, but you know what you did. And so you see that in them. That's what so many people do. Um, another thing you see from Capital C Church People is they judge sins that are visible so much more harshly than sins aren't, that aren't. So like sins that you can hide, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like they they do whatever they want at home, that's fine. But man, if they can see something. Often it's not even a sin, it's just the way somebody dresses. The way, uh, how much money someone has, or whether they're on welfare, something like that. Like they judge it so harshly because it's visible. It's like, that makes us look bad. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were like, looks matter, appearance matters, this matters. And Jesus is like, no, it's the heart. And so Everyone here has at some point been judged. You've had somebody say you shouldn't have done that. You're so awful. Um, you've had somebody say you're, you're not good enough. You've had somebody say you mess up all the time. You've had somebody say that you've sinned. Somebody. Now, hopefully they said it in a way that it was helping They're like listen let's talk about this like Jesus did. But in school maybe, maybe they say it in a way like yeah, you suck. Um, but also, the flip side of that is everyone here has probably done that same thing to someone else. Maybe not visibly, maybe you've seen someone on TV or nobody has newspapers anymore. Maybe you've seen someone on TV or in school, and you're like, ah, they get away with everything. Like, that person over there, they get away with everything. They are so popular. They think they're such an amazing referee, and they ha- come up with prices Right games, and they just do everything they want. They murder puppies all the time in cars, and they just do awful, awful things. I can't believe that they get away with it. I can't believe that, that they're about to be the quarterback of the Bengals. Like, I can't believe any of this stuff. Uh, But it's like, because we all do that in our hearts. Maybe, maybe you've heard your parents do that, and it's like, oh man, that person, they say that they're a Christian, but I know all this stuff about them. They're just so awful. And we hear that, and it's like, okay, yeah. And we all do that at some point or other. Every single person here, myself included, has seen someone do something, and thought, they should get caught for that. That's not fair. They get away with that. I'd never get away with that if I were... If the, the, somebody caught me speeding, they wouldn't let me get away with a ticket. Like, whatever it is. And so Jesus says, that's not how you should think. That's not a heart of thanksgiving. That's not having empathy. What you should do is put yourself into their shoes. What you should do is care about the person, their soul. Just like I said, going back to the very beginning of that story, the, by the law, by the justice, by the first paragraph, the woman sinned. She broke the law. And so very simply put, it's like she broke the law, she should pay the consequences. And so anybody that sees just that paragraph is like, yeah, of course, that's how it should happen. But when you look at the story, you look at the story and you're like, oh, wow. So the accuser set her up and like did this thing to get her tricked. And yeah, she still sinned, but, but that's weird. And, and like those guys, they didn't care about her at all. They set all this up just so they could trap Jesus. You see all of that and it's like, wait. There's more to this. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, hey, you know, if, if you break the law and you do something wrong, uh, if the other person that you do it to is not good either, then you're good. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you just look at the the very single paragraph, the very single surface, you just look at the cover of the book, it's like, yeah, they should pay for that. Yeah, they do suck. Yeah, they are a jerk. Yeah, they are mean. And this isn't saying if somebody's mean to you and you find out that they have, they're abused or they have a tough time at home or something, that, oh, that's okay. They can be mean to me. Now, I'm not saying that because we all are responsible for our own actions. What I'm saying is there's a far amount of space between, wow, that person really needs help. Uh, I'm going to let them do whatever and, Wow. I didn't realize that this person dealt with that. Uh, I'm going to see if I can talk to them about it. Or I'm going to talk to somebody else and say, hey, do you know about this? Whatever. I, I never put up with abuse. Never put up with somebody bullying you. Never put up with somebody lying about you or to you. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you see someone else, somebody that you don't like, somebody that's popular, somebody that you think is cooler than you, or you think isn't cooler than you, somebody that gets on your nerves, you see them do something bad, don't be the first in line with the stone saying, let's get rid of them now. I've been waiting for this day. Because... At some point in your life, you're going to be on that side of it. At some point of your life, you're going to be that woman. Not with adultery, but with, like, you get caught doing something. And how do you want people to treat you? How do you want people to respond to you? Uh, One of the things that I say a lot, especially in here, is uh, when we do something... When we do something, we expect everyone else to understand why we are doing it. If we wake up and we have a bad day, we expect everyone else to understand. Just for example, completely hypothetical, not at all something that happened today, uh, My someone that I know, their alarm may not have gone off this morning. And so this person may have looked over at his phone at 8.58, church starts at 9.30, and he may have said, like, wow, I live 25 minutes away, this is probably bad. And so he may have hurried up and gotten dressed, taken hypothetical dog out to pee, and then came back in, done his his hair, and then, uh, and then left, and still got here in 20 minutes, got here in time, but along the way, like, these people need to speed up. Don't they know I'm in a hurry? Of course they don't know I'm in a hurry. They don't care what I'm doing. Maybe they just had a wreck, and they're driving slow. Maybe they just got pulled over. Maybe somebody in their family is hurt, and they're driving carefully because whatever reason. Uh, and, and so, you know, I didn't yell or flip off anything, but I'm just saying, like, it's, I was upset in my head, I'm like, come on, speed up, and listen, this is just a side note, it, once you drive, uh, you are allowed to pull out at a turning left, if the light is green, you're allowed to pull out, you're supposed to pull out, but anyway, that's something that Cincinnati people do not get, anyway, that's, that's, that's literally in the driver's manual, and I've, I've got backup from a police officer, but anyway, my point is, my point is, my point is, I had no idea what anyone else was going through. They had no idea what I was going through, so all of us, all of us, all of us, when we have a bad day, when something's going bad, when we need to be somewhere, when we need something, we expect everyone else to fall in line and do whatever we want because we need it but when someone else is maybe rude to us, when someone else hurts our feelings, when someone else speeds in front of us, when someone else doesn't want to hang out, when someone else whatever, we're like, there's the jerk we don't care about what their life is. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a life. Everyone has a battle alarm clock. Everyone has something that happens. Again, this does not justify sin. It does not justify actions. What it does is mean you should not judge. It means there's a difference between understanding, well, that person did something wrong. I hope that they get help, or I hope that, that through the consequences that they learn is not by hope they fry. And you see, as Christians, We get so caught up in the politics of it all because that's everywhere. And social media and texting, it's everywhere. Uh, Nowadays, we know everything everyone does all of the time. And so it's easy to just quick jump on things that are bad. But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus saw a woman who did sin. And he did not say, go ahead and keep sinning. He did not say, let's stone her. He did not say to the Pharisees, how dare you? He said, hey, Let's try to understand each other and let's try to learn. Let's try to help each other. Let's try to grow. Let's try to see God and try to show the example of him. Show love, show empathy, show compassion. Be that example, be that light that you wanna see in the world. Be the way to someone else that you want them to be to you. Treat someone else the way you want them to treat you. If you know things about someone, don't gossip them, spread them around, because you wouldn't want that to happen to you. Again, this does not mean everybody can do what they want, everybody can sin, everybody can break the law. That does not mean that. What it means is when they do, it's not on us to be judge, jury, and executioner. It's on us to say, hey, this was right, this was wrong, I still love them, I'm still gonna pray for them, I'm going to go to Jesus, I'm going to be an example, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to grow from this. Because that is what a heart of thanksgiving means, that's what this series is going to be about. Not just this week with compassion, with empathy, but each week about caring about other people, about caring about yourself, but caring most about the example that you set every single day. Because all of us, we all of us are able to show, not just on thanksgiving, but every single day, who Jesus is and what he did in this lesson and how We should live our lives and through that, other people see him. They see his heart, they see his example, they see his strength and they see his glory. That's why we are here. That's all I got.